Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 28. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing an article I recently read on squishy Catholicism or squishy church. And uh, I, you, I'm, I'll link to the article in the show notes for this episode. That, you can find that at ericsammons.com slash podcast slash 28. Okay, so I read this article at 1 Peter 5 recently uh, by who was it? Aaron Singh, and it was called Exiting Squishy Church, a reading list for red-pilled Catholics. To be honest, I started reading the article simply because I was like, hey, more books to read. I'm always going to be uh, interested in reading books. But I found the article itself. It was actually a, a relatively long article that ended with the reading list. I found the article itself uh, very well written and really expressing a lot of what I think as well. And his point is, is that he has worked, uh, Mr. Singh has worked with the church in the church for a, a number of years. And he can't help but, though, notice that there's what he calls squishy Catholicism or squishy church. And it was something that he, he a remark he heard from one elderly Catholic referring to his own parish experience since the Second Vatican Council. He said, boy, this sure feels different from the Catholicism I grew up with way back when. Sometimes it feels like a different religion. And I have to admit, I've worked in parishes and dioceses uh, for a long time, and I... I feel the same way, not that I lived before Vatican II, heck, I wasn't even Catholic before 1993, but reading the, the lives of the saints, reading theology textbooks, reading history of the church from previous generations, going back all the way to the early church, but in the Middle Ages, uh, time of the Reformation, after the Reformation, all the way up to the beginning of this century, I have to admit that comparing that to what I see and experiencing your typical Catholic parish today in America, it does feel like a different religion. And you can't wonder if it is in some way a different religion. And so he, he calls it, uh, Singh calls it squishy church. And he defines it like this, that nebulous state or sensibility, which while claiming to be the Catholic faith is lived in a contemporary mode is in fact an obscuring facade constructed from theological air, one which conceals the true nature of the church and impedes the faithful both from living righteously and from receiving the full means of grace. I think there's a couple points there I want to note. The, the, the church today claims to be the Catholic faith lived in contemporary mode. And the idea here is a good one, and I don't have a real problem with the idea that, yes, we are to be all things to all people, that the expression of our faith will change over time. How the faith was expressed in, let's say, the 200s is not the same as it was expressed in the 800s or the 1500s or the, or the 1900s. It does change over time, that expression of the faith. However, I think today we've gone beyond that, that we're not exactly anymore just simply expressing the Catholic faith slightly differently for a contemporary audience. But instead, it's almost, it has morphed into something different. And it's, it's really like the squishy church. His point of that is, is that it really doesn't have a solid bearing. It's like jello that you kind of press it and it moves and it never really stands up for anything. I mean, I saw something like this just recently. I was at a local parish 
um, for the for the feast of uh, the beheading of St. John the Baptist. And it wasn't my parish. It was just a local one that I could get to quickly. And I think there's nothing, you know, I don't think there's anything extraordinary about this parish. It's not known as a, a super liberal one or anything like that. Just a typical Catholic parish. And the, the, the priest in the homily mentioned how it, in John the Baptist, of course, beheaded. And he basically said, for standing up for what is right. And he just left it at that and continued on with some more kind of platitudes related to that. But what did John the Baptist stand up for? He stood up for marriage. In fact, he condemned an invalid marriage that the authorities were claiming is valid. That's directly applicable to today where many inside the church are doing the exact same thing. They're saying that invalid marriages are actually marriage. Yet this is kind of squishy church. He, the, the priest, who I have, no, I have no qualms with. I'm not saying anything against him personally. I, I don't even really know him. But he's basically doing what so many have been trained to do in the church is you, you give lip service to St. John the Baptist and what he did because that's what we're supposed to do as Catholics. But you don't really want to follow exactly what he did and do exactly what he did, which is to stand up for the truth, even if it's unpopular, even if it gets your head put on a platter. Now, some people listening might think, well, okay, I guess Eric's just become a complete traditionalist now. And I wouldn't really say that. In fact, I don't identify as a traditionalist, even even this day. Even though I went to a Latin mass parish for a number of years when I lived on Florida, I don't really uh, identify as a traditionalist. A couple reasons. First of all, to be honest, I've had some bad experiences with, with traditionalists, both online and in person. They have kind of soured me to the to the title and to the, the, the label. Maybe that's unfair. I've also met some very devout and great traditionalists. I just don't feel like being grouped in with that category. Also, frankly, the, the parish I go to on Sunday with my family, it's a, it's a ordinary form mass I go to every Sunday, uh, Novus Ordo. I will say it's said in Latin. It's said ad orientum. There's an altar rail. All the altar servers are boys. Um, so, I mean, I admit it's not exactly what the tip, most Catholics experience in the ordinary form. And I, 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 I love that, that uh, mass. But I'm not a stickler like it has to be the extraordinary form. Although if the church went back to the extraordinary form as the ordinary, I would have no problem with that either. Really, it's not a matter of being a traditionalist. It's a matter of saying, do we have continuity what the church teaches and how it lives it, its, its life out, do we have continuity with the past? And we're not really seeing that. If you look at, for example, the architecture of parishes, the, the, the teachings of morality, the, the music that's sung, um, the, all these ways, day to day, the experience of Catholicism has become squishy. They're all unimpressive, and they're, they're focused just on this world. I mean, think about your typical parish music, how awful it is. It's basically 1972 redone over and over and over again. And the architecture, we just have these bland buildings. How is this consistent with what Catholics have done throughout the centuries? The great art, the great music, the great architecture that we see. And likewise, with the teachings of the church, our inability to really call sin, sin, and our, our attempt to justify and mitigate all sin as, as much as possible. I mean, just my example before about we don't really want to proclaim what John the Baptist did, even though we give him lip service. What really it is, is we no longer have a robust Catholicism. We have a very weak Catholicism that basically wants to be like the rest of the world. And the problem is, is that the reason I think a lot of times we, we avoid this robust Catholicism and choose a squishy Catholicism instead is because we're afraid of the world rejecting us. 
But here's the thing. The world has already rejected us. It wants nothing to do with us unless we completely are like the world in every single way. If we hold back 1% and say, okay, we will go along with the world with everything except for this 1%. That's going to be our core. We're going to be jello all around, but we're going to have that little 1% core. You know what's going to happen? The world's going to demand that 1%. It will not be satisfied until we are 100% completely consistent with what the world wants us to believe. So why not be robust? Why not go ahead and be 100% Catholic and build, instead of a jello church, we build a church like in the past that, that, that has strong walls and has a, a clear teaching. And we're going to be, and yes, the, I do believe most of society will reject us if we do that. However, there will be those who will be attracted to it, those with open minds, those who are looking for something transcendent, for looking for more than just a squishy Catholicism. Because let's be honest, the average person, let's just picture the average young person who walks into a typical suburban Catholic parish. What is there to be impressed about? What is transcendent about the experience? When you walk in there, do you think, hey, there's something beyond this world, something that's attractive that I am made for beyond this world? Or do you think, wow, this is a bunch of losers just hanging out and, and playing church and having a social club? And I, I don't mean to be so harsh maybe to good people who are trying their best. But that's kind of the big picture of what they do think. So let's go ahead and create a robust church that is transcendent and calls people to that transcendence, knowing that, yes, a lot of the world is going to reject us, but they would reject us even if we didn't do that. As long as we hold out anything, they're going to reject us. So let's go ahead and not hold out anything. I'm sorry, let's hold out everything and hold out for Christ's teachings, Christ's church. And so let's not do this squishy Catholicism that, that really so much of the church is falling into these days. I really recommend reading the article. And, of course, the reading list at the, at the end of it um, looks great. Uh, a lot of those books I've read or know about and would like to read, so I, I'd recommend those as well. Um, again, that's at the 1 Peter 5 website. And I will link to that at the show notes page, ericsamons.com slash podcast slash 28. Okay. If you like this podcast, I really encourage you to rate and review it at iTunes. That's how more people can find about it, more people can hear it. I've noticed that um, the number of listeners has been increasing uh, over the past couple months since I've started this, and I really appreciate those who are listening. So please tell others about it, uh, and also, like I said, rate and review if, if you like it. And, okay, that's it for today's episode. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream. <laughs>